Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to the Writer's Block with Jim Christina and Bobby Bell, right here on LA Talk Radio. It is 8 o'clock. It is Thursday evening. You're listening to LA Talk Radio, and this is the Writer's Block. I am your host, Jim Christina, in the studio with my lovely, charming, and talented co host, Bobby Jean Bell, and stop blushing. <laughs> I'm wearing green. Yes, you are. You're the only one in here that is. <laughs> but I won't tell you what it is that's green. What? Oh, well, I, already, I can see it. <laughs> oh, I was trying to be a little, you know, coy there. Yeah. La- I don't know. If, for those of you who listened to last week's show, we had two excellent writers in here. We had uh, Ken O'Sal and Candace Wade. And those two got along so well, there was about came time when Bobby and I were going to take a break and just let them have the studio. Yeah, I'm thinking they should have their own radio show. They were you know? excellent. <laughs> they were having excellent. such fun. It was great. You know, it was really wonderful having two authors in it was, the it studio was fun. together. It was fun. We haven't really done that except for um, when we had Eric Heisner with Al Bringas right. earlier in the year. It's great to have a couple it is, people you have in the studio. Different, yeah. Different, different, yeah. different points of view. Yes, it was very, very fun. I, I have to apologize. I'm getting over being very ill. So anyway, um, concert week next week. Yes. Who's on? Mike Beck. And uh, Mike Beck is a uh, nationally and internationally known uh, horse clinician, but he's also an amazing singer-songwriter. And um, uh, Western Horseman Magazine actually has, has uh, claimed two of his song titles as it being in the top most important 13, I think, Western songs ever written, which is so interesting. And uh, he was a guest on Campfire Cafe, the other show that I am lucky enough to host last Thursday. And that was the first time that I'd actually spoken with him and really heard his music. So Hmm. we're very excited to have him with us next Thursday night. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, uh, the Santa Clara Cowboy Festival is coming up next month. Coming up right around the corner. The Buckaroo Bookshop will be uh, in a booth this year. Yes, we will be in a booth this year. We'll actually be in two locations. We will be up on the Festival Fairgrounds on the William S. Hart Park in uh, in a booth, and uh, then we'll also have authors and live music happening just like a block away in front of our storefront on 6th Street, right in front of Out West. And Janet Squires and Andrea Kidd, two of the authors that have been with us on um, Writer's Block, will be there. And John Bergstrom will be there, oh, good. and and others in front of the store. So they have to wander over. You're going to have to go back folks. and forth, exactly. Right, so right. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, um, let me get to the, our sponsors. We're sponsored by Black Dog Publishing in Simi Valley, by Out West Boutique and Cultural Center in New Hall, and by Target Freight Management in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And you know, we mention Target Freight every week and every show, and we mentioned that they have a full truckload service. That's the best in the industry. But have we mentioned that TFM Truckload gets your freight there every time, on time? No muss, no fuss at the rates you need for your transportation bottom line. Just call today at 1-844-653-7789 and tell them you heard it on the writer's block. They'll have a little something extra for you. Again, grab a pencil. That number is 844-653-7789. And while we're at it, if you are an LTL shipper, you are probably looking for the best rates at the lowest hassle possible. Call Target Freight Management. Their customized transportation management system is just a ticket to getting your freight moved your way. Call Target Freight Management today at 1-888-653-1323. Again, that's 888-653-1323. Or go to www.targetfmi.com on the web. Call today. You won't be disappointed. You won't be sorry. I'm not. And if you want to call in and talk to our guest tonight, the number here, or you can talk to me, you can talk to Bobby, you can talk to Jim, who's in the studio again tonight, (laughs) at 818-602-4929. That number again is 818-602-4929. Okay, let's get to our guest. Tonight we have a writer from, hails from Charleston, South Carolina. He graduated from the University of South Carolina. He started writing in 2004 when his mother got sick. And he decided he wanted to uh, write a book 
that kind of let her know how he felt about her. And he did. And he's published works now since 2006. He's got a lot of books on his website. It's something that you probably need to go take a look at. Um, I'm going to let uh, this, our guest kind of introduce himself and kind of give us a little bit more info because his, his, his bio is really short. <laughs> um, so we'd like to welcome to the writer's block tonight, um, Mr. Chuck Walsh. Chuck, you with us? Yes, I'm here. Hey, glad to have you. Well, thank you for having me. No, not a worry. Not a worry. Just thanks for staying up long enough to, <laughs> to talk to us. It is a little bit late out here on the East Coast. Well, but yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's not here, so right. we'll muddle through. <laughs> Can you give us a little bit more information about yourself? Like, you know, you're married. I understand your wife's name is Sandy? Yes, that okay. is correct. And actually, we're um, from Columbia, not Charleston. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so you're about a couple hours away. Oh, well. Down by the coast. We're in the middle of the state. But other than that, yes, everything um, that you said was correct. Um, went to the University of South Carolina and um, uh, lived here my uh, entire life. And uh, I have a wife, Sandy, and three uh, children, um, Jessica, Stephanie, and Brent. And um, we are uh, hanging out here and just trying to get my books uh, written and promoted and the next one completed. And um, it's, it's when I began this I, 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 10 years ago, I didn't really uh, realize how much would go into the whole process, but it is, um, there's a lot to it. I, I don't think any of us did that right. I don't think any of us had an inclination of what you had to go through. <laughs> yes. There's a lot. Yes, there is, and um, it's, I found that um, the, you know, the writing part almost seems to be the, the easiest part because mm-hmm. you know you're just doing what you love to do and are meant to do, and all the other things and the, the you know the, the book contracts and the agents and the, um, the promoting and the social media and all those things that uh, for me is just not easy. Um, to, to remember. I mean, just to go on and say, oh, that's right, I haven't tweeted today. I'm trying to go do that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I haven't Facebooked today. <laughs> yes, right. So. so what do you do besides writing? Well, I work um, at Columbia College. It's um, um, a ladies' college here in town, and I've been with them for five years. And so I've, um, I have a background that's, that's so far removed from writing. It, um, it was been in, in IT, and so and that's what I, I do uh, in um, on, for the campus and for the school, um, but when I f- began writing ten years ago for the, uh, as you said in, in the intro for the the book of Passage Back that I wrote for my mother when she mm-hmm. got cancer, um, once I, begun, I had begun uh, uh, writing that and it was just an idea and I just said I'm just going to write something for her. Uh, it's just kind of like a, a switch came on, and and I had no writing background. No, I was not an English major. I did, you know, my uh, extent of reading was probably Sports Illustrated. I mean, there was just, you know, I, I just didn't. And swimsuit you know, edition. I, I began. It just, it just the whole, the whole thing just. It's like it just, it just created and it's just grown, and and now it's like uh, this is to me what I'm what I'm meant to do and supposed to do. Well, your, your prose is lyrical. It's it's to me. It's like uh, looking at really wonderful uh, visual arts. I you know it's, at both books that I read, and we're talking now about uh, Shadows on Iron Mountain and A Splintered Dream, the two very different books, and yet um, your descriptions on places, especially a temperature, landscape, uh, what's going on with weather, what's going on with the the flora and the fauna in a place, uh, walking into Wrigley Stadium or or being on Doe Creek, you take us, you're just, it's wonderful how you're able to be so descriptive without, um, with with somehow soul in the words as well. Well, well, thank you. And that's, that's one of the things that I enjoy most uh, is I really want to create the scene and, and really take the reader uh, into it, and 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 I, I do best when I write about places that I know and love. And uh, uh, Shadows of Iron Mountain that takes place up in the mountains of East Tennessee is where my parents and grandparents are from, and so I've had a, a lifetime uh, of uh, spending time up there, and it's just an incredible place. And I want I want the reader to to know that and see that and feel that from everything from. Uh, you know the, the cold winds, the snow, to uh, you know the, just a beautiful um, uh, summer morning, you know down by the creek, and so I just uh, I really enjoy that part of it, and and, and I want 
I want depth to everything that I write. That, that's my goal, and I, I don't want something that's just you just page through and then you're at the end. I want you to I want you to enjoy every page and every paragraph. Well, you know, I have to tell you that, although I did tell you before the show that, that I, I remember the first part of the book and I remember the last part of the book, and the middle's kind of still fuzzy. But one thing I came away with out of your book, and, and I really loved the, the first part of it, I really, really liked a lot, only because I, I, I've spent uh, time horse camping in the Great Smoky Mountains on uh, west uh, North Carolina and into Tennessee. And uh, one thing that I remember about was the lush, almost, almost semi-tropical forest and um, that's pretty much what you describe, and it's kind of neat. And then I thought, when I finished it, I thought, that's one hell of a way to have a second anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, um, and, and I, I, I like to use, um, uh, you know, I want everything as, as, as true and accurate as it can be. So uh, one, a, a man who lives in town who's helped me with a, a murder mystery I'm working on now here in South Carolina I was talking to him about Shadowstar Mountain, and he said that the book would have, would have been five pages if he would have uh, read it because once they got to that cabin, he'd have got his wife, and they'd have driven to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, else. that would have been me, too. I'd have, I'd have thrown my wife in the car, and we'd have been out of there. Yeah, yeah. and that's what was, was touchy on, on how to make it where it, you could you were just – freaked out and spooked out, but it wasn't quite enough to make them leave. And so I wanted them, you know, I wanted it to be realistic enough, but they were like, you know, she's ready to go. And he's like, gosh, you know, yeah. it'll be good, better in the morning when it's light. Yeah. But then to be abducted. I mean, yeah. oh man. So I, I'd like to, if, if this is okay with you, Chuck, I would actually like to read aloud the prologue from um, from that book, from Shadows on Iron Mountain. Is that all right with you, Jim, if I read oh, the that's prologue? Fine. Because this this is what got me hooked and made me turn the page, and it's a really um, haunting. So here's the prologue from, from this book by Chuck Walsh. It hides in the gentle folds of the mountainside. It slips through the waters of the icy creek. It hangs on the wings of the hawk soaring above the valley. It hides behind the solemn sunrise. To some, it's called fear. To others... It's perhaps the subtle feeling of a constant battle waged between good and evil. And so the mere snap of a twig, the slightest movement of the leaf when the gentle breeze blows, brings it to life. When the sun casts its warmth across the valley, it's the shadow in the distance that catches man's eye. So when that twig snaps in the distance and when the leaf trembles on the limb, confusion clouds the mind. Is it Mother Nature? or perhaps evil, that lurks in the shadows. And if it isn't evil, will it be evil next time? I love that. <laughs> you read that quite well. Turn the page. <laughs> yeah, well, she's, got a, she's got a little bit of, you know, <laughs> oh, stage and screen in her. <laughs> you take us on a ride. So I also see that, you know, you have this wonderful way, of course, of also developing the characters, we see it really in a splintered dream because we follow those characters for a longer period of time. But could you just tell us a little bit about um, some of the folks from, from Shadows on Iron Mountain? Like, you know, tell us about uh, our detective Jordan. Who, who okay. is he? And um, uh, The movie The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. I love him and that character. And to me, that's kind of who this person is and just a, a no-nonsense I'm going to get my guy um, uh, kind of detective and so that, that was uh, who he's based on and then so many of the other characters are, are, are actually based on my relatives. Uh, Reuben Sawyer the mountain man is my, based on my uncle. Emma, the real feisty mountain guy. Oh, is she's based on wonderful. Yes. Yeah, she's oh, pretty cool. She's still, <laughs> yes, and she's, um, she is just every bit as, as feisty, cranky and, and as a hoot as is in the book. And so she loves that she is the character, and in, in the sequel, Backwoods Justice, she's um, she's back again, and so is Reuben Sawyer. And there's more; they're in the book even more prominently, and you get to really know um, uh, who they are. And 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 I really, because I love them, and I think they're just incredible people. Uh, again, I wanted to make sure that the reader sees that, and senses that, and feels that that these these are really uh, real people. And then you've got a really, 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 really bad guy. 
I oh, mean, yeah. you know, and we don't want to give the book away, but you've got this one really bad guy. Uh, how how did how did he come to you? You know, you. Um, I can ex- yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I wrote this book, um, ever since I was little, when when I would go up on top of Iron Mountain, um, and there is um, property up on, on on Iron Mountain that's been in the Walsh family since the early 1800s, and I can remember when I was like six, seven years old, I would go up and we'd go see the the, the grandparents and relatives, and then I rode with my father, and my uncle, and my brothers to go see the property, and we'd gotten out of the car, and it's right, I mean, it's like it looked like you're just going to ride off the mountain, it's so steep, the little the dirt road. So we we get out of the car and. Um, I was distracted by a little stone in the in the in the road that looked like a diamond, and I was looking at it. And my uncle, my father, and my brother had walked across the road, and I was like, "Oh, they're going to leave me!" So I'm getting ready to run, and here comes this car, this old jalopy. So I had to wait on it to come by. And there were these four mountain men. Well, in the back uh, passenger side, closest to me, five feet from where I was standing was the man that in that book that I described looked just like him. And I had nightmares. I thought this guy was going to come get me. And so to me, I've never known a killer, but so it's like i got to base it off of somebody. So he is, is where that character was created. Oh, he is one nasty dude. <laughs> he, he is. He really is. So, um, and and as when, when I'm writing and, and, and I'm thinking, gosh, if this was a movie, I don't know if I'd be able to see it because it's, it's, uh-huh. it's pretty intense. But uh, that's like, oh, it's a book. Let's have some fun with it. So, well, and yeah. it is fun to write um, something like that because you know you're you're coming out of your element and you're, you know, creating a bad guy and bad things happening to good people and uh, and uh, so it, it's um, that's where so many of these characters are from and then other people that are out uh, that are in the book. Um, and as I said in, in the, the beginning of the book, the prologue, that you know, any evil that's in this book is generated in my mind because the people that live up there are, are incredible people. They're wonderful, but they're so eclectic and they're so unique and they're so odd, um, but they're great people. And so I wanted the people up there to realize and understand, I love this place and these people. And the bad guys just created in my mind. So, you know, that, that's oh, I'm sure thing. there's probably one or two so running around up there. You, you describe, uh, you know, folks that do live there uh, kind of all over the mountain, and some have stills, some are, some are, you know, most don't have electricity. I mean, they they do seem to know what's going on in the world. It's not that they're you know, that they're somehow stuck in a time warp of some kind. Um, but they definitely are, you know, living living there as sort of isolated and separated from what's going on. I'm assuming is, is, that, is that true with folks that do live throughout that mountain today? Not, not quite as much, but it, it, actually that is almost a generation removed because um, that's the way it used to be. And these, a lot of these things are stories that my parents and my uncles and aunts would, would talk and tell me about the, the people in the mountains. And, and some of them I got to, to, to meet when I was little. Um, but in, in a, truthfully, it's just it's kind of removed, just a, maybe a, a generation or so. But there are people still that are back in those back back woods. That I mean, they might have some you know some electricity, basic things, but uh, not much more than that. And it's you know it's very remote, um, but they're fiercely independent. And um, the the person that they uh, uh, the uncle uh, Nick that it talks about the um, the man that um, they kind of was their hero they based on that would lived up there in the 1800s that's a true story. Okay. His Nick, his name was Nick Grindstaff and he got robbed when he decided to leave Iron Mountain in Johnson County and uh, came back to the um, to to the mountain and said I'm going to live up here and. and I don't want to have anything to do with the, with the world. And he lived up there for 40 years until he died. He had a pet rattlesnake and a pet dog and a steer. And he lived up on Iron Mountain. And actually, about 50 yards off of the Appalachian Trail that crosses it is the, his tombstone and his monument. So that's a big oh, thing. A lot of people, the hikers, they, they go How does that. one have a pet rattlesnake? Yeah, a pet, pet rattlesnake. Cautiously. Yeah. <laughs> Feed it well. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, my goodness. How interesting. Don't let it in your shoes. Do you have uh, yeah. more questions about this first book? Actually, I, I wanted more. I actually had more questions about your your style. And, and when you're sitting down to create a story, um, what what pushes you towards a particular story is it is it stories from your childhood or is it something that just pops out of your brain or um it, it's a combination um most um of, of of these stories are just things that 
at first of all, if I have to write about things and, that, and people, places that mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise I just don't know if I, if I would have the, the, the effort uh, put into it. And so, but with each one, it's begun with an idea. And I start it, and I was like, this, I think, could become a cool story based off of this idea. I'm going to start it right here on Chapter 1 and then see how it goes. And so it takes me quite a while to complete a book, on average probably two years. And, and it, I just have to let it develop and flow mm-hmm. and just comes to me bit by bit and then it just it kind of creates a, a mind of its own and i just have to let the fingers kind of uh, put it down what, what it is and, right and so that's the way it goes from there so i've never i'd never be able to do one where i'd outline it and you know here's how it's going to go through the whole thing I, I, I just couldn't do that i was just going to ask if you free write or you outline yeah, no, never, never, never have outlined. I don't outline either. So. so do you, did you know, as you sat down to write, um, let's say Shadow, Shadows on Iron Mountain, you know, who the, because the bad guy isn't really revealed. I mean, we, we meet him, but we don't really know who he is. He's, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, you're very coy at how you begin to uh, let us see him and, and then put him in context with other, you know, other people uh, did you know sitting down, you know who he was, or some of the plot twists that? Yeah, I don't want to give away too much here. <laughs> um, no, I, I, as I said, you know, when I, I decided I wanted to write a murder mystery, and I thought that was a wonderful location because, as beautiful as it is in the valleys and the streams, uh, once you go up on top of Iron Mountain and go back in those woods, it's just. It's it's so spooky. And when I would walk as a child back there with my my father and my uncles, you know, it could be a beautiful, beautiful morning, and we're walking through there, and I'm still thinking somebody is hiding back there. Somebody's looking at me. Somebody wants to snatch me. And so I've always thought that that would be a perfect place for that. And I like I wanted a story that was realistic and something you know that you could be frightened and something could happen to you in the middle of the broad daylight on a beautiful mm-hmm. Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I, I just thought I wanted to do, and I just said, okay, well, I think it would be best if, you know, there was something where someone got abducted early, and then you find out that maybe there, that had happened before, and you got to bring in somebody from the outside. And so the detective, um, Jordan, who's from Knoxville, he comes in, and he's used to having things his way and knowing what to do, and here he is put into a world where people would rather shoot him than help him because he's an outsider. They don't want to have anything to do with, with people from the outside. So I thought it would be that clash right there, and then, too, I could kind of uh, present and showcase the people who lived around the mountain and you know, and, and what they were dealing with and you know their participation in trying to bring this to a close. Mm-hmm. You uh, played a lot of baseball as, as a youngster, yeah. didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you have a couple of books that uh, have baseball as a backdrop, I think. Yes, yes. In fact, um, with The Splinter Dream, I had watched um, for the, probably the 40th time The Rookie with uh, Dennis Quaid. Right. And you know, based Jim Morris's true story about the guy who made the comeback. And so I, I was like, uh, why am I not writing a baseball book? I, I, I played baseball. I love the game. And so I said, okay, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to write a baseball book and I'm going to start it and I wanted a, something like that a comeback story kind of a thing and then it just kind of it kind of began and uh, and it just grew from there but yes um, it was fun to um, to write that and, and to to you know the, the, the feel of that baseball in your hand and walk down on the field in the dew and we have a call and there's, there's there's a lot of things about baseball to me that just there's a, there's that aesthetic beauty and it's just that basic kind of oh I think I think they sport. gave up oh Call back. We think we might have had a call. So, caller, if if you are listening to the show, give us a call give back. Give us a call back. <laughs> we, we don't like to shut our authors up, so sometimes we don't get to the phone right away. <laughs> oh. so, I can shut up when you need me to. It was, a, it was a 423 number. If you know who you are, give us a call back. So, um, as we move into Splinter Dream. And there he is. And there he is. Great. Hi, you're on the writer's block. Who am I speaking to? Oh, my name is Lisa. Your name is, I'm sorry again? My name is Lisa. Oh, hello. Yes. Hi. How are you? Hello. You're on the air with, uh, you're on the air with Chuck Walsh. Hello, Chuck. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well. Area code 423, actually... that's, that's Eastern Tennessee. Yes, it is. I'm actually from Johnson County, and I know about Iron Mountain and Grindstaff. 
Wow. Wow. Uh, got, got an authority figure now. Go figure. <laughs> are you one of the, were, are, is one of the characters based on you? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> there are some really wonderful women in the book. <laughs> well, I guess now, 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 Chuck, you can't tell stories because you have somebody who can verify everything you say. That's right. I have to be careful. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, you better watch yourself. That's right. Did you read his book? I've read all five. Oh, good for you. Not me. Yes. Well, we have time. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you like about have, What did you like about Iron Mountain? Shadows on Iron Mountain. That's the one that that started me and this um whole genre with Chuck Walsh and his writing mainly because I could identify with mm-hmm. the area with the people being from there, and that's the one that caught my eye, and I couldn't put it down. I had, I didn't want to finish it, but then I found Backwoods Justice, and I had to go right into it, and I wouldn't finish Shadows until I got Backwoods on uh-huh. Backwoods Justice, so I could go straight into straight it and into- finish it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of like kind of like binge watching a TV show. You're yeah. binge reading. <laughs> well, that's what I did as soon as I. Got into that one. I ordered the others, and I went right into them. And I told him I didn't want to finish the last one, so he needs to hurry and finish this next one. <laughs> See, a fan. How does it feel, Chuck? Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> Makes me motivates me to to go in and, and and get back at it again. And I do I do want to write a third one and make it a trilogy, but it'll probably be a few years um, before I can do that because I've got to finish the one I'm on, and then I already have plans for the, the seventh one. So maybe by that time I'll have enough. Uh, uh, thought up and ammunition to to make a third one of um, of the Shadows and Iron Mountain series. Now, Yay. is is your name was it Lisa? Is that what is our caller's yes, name? Yes, that's correct. Thank you so much for calling in. Have you had the pleasure of actually meeting Chuck? Have you been to a book signing or 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 uh, or anything locally in your area? Um, I actually missed his book signing when he came here, but I was not familiar with him at the time. But I have met him. And um, he's as real as he can be, and his his writing is is very true, true to form. And I do know that he wrote um, a passage passage back for his mother. Right. I'm curious what inspired Shadows on Iron Mountain. Um, well, just of having a lifetime of of spending up on in that area in Johnson County. And with the people there, and and the and the beauty. I mean, it's just hauntingly beautiful. It really is. And I just thought that that's some place that there's probably not. There's a lot of people that have not seen it, not been there. And I wanted them to see it and to to be there. And even though it's in kind of a scary, spooky way, I still wanted them to experience what it it is like and and what it sounds when that 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 streams rolling down through the through the, the valley and. You know, that when those winds blow those trees and they just sound like bones rattling. I just I just want the, want the reader to, to know that that's there and exists. Well, you hit it spot on. Well, uh, and so you get to having somebody there that's uh, that's from the area. That's, that's nice to get their approval because you're, you're you can't you can't fool somebody who's who's from there. And right. that uh, that makes me feel good that um, that she uh, enjoyed it and, and, and appreciated what I've, I've done. Okay then, Lisa. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And and I hope you call in again when we have another writer. Absolutely. Now, now that you got our number. Follow us on Facebook. Follow right us the on Facebook. Writer's Block Radio Show on Facebook. There you go. <laughs> okay. I can do that. Have a fun night. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oops. Okay, well, Chuck, you got a fan. Yeah, that's so fun. We love it when someone calls in. Thank you, Lisa, for calling. Um, to get back to Splintered Dream for a second. So, you know, after reading um, the first book and then moving into Splintered Dream, they're so very, very different, of course. Um, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about your main character, Kate Jeffers, from this okay. book. Okay. Um, I, I've always wanted, um, and I think most people in this case, you want a hero that's, that's the, the all-American everything. And, you know, just one guy that's just... Not that he's perfect, and not not that he would be above any type of 
hardships and tragedy, which if you know you read the book, you know that. And um, but but to have somebody that you can believe in and 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 just just pull for and want to succeed, and that's kind of how that person um, uh, I created him, and so I wanted him to endure some uh, have to overcome tragedy and um, uh, but have you know just a love for. Uh, without giving too much of it away for his um the girl of his dreams and his daughter and that they uh you know play a, a strong part in who he is and what he wants to be and when he thinks maybe he, that's not what he wants to be that to have someone that can can instill that drive in him and and show him the love of his child's you know uh, inside of her little heart uh motivates him to to do what he intended to do originally and to do it almost with her so they can make this journey together. And the the title, A Splintered Dream, you you tie that to um, twice we have a, a wooden baseball bat that splinters. Um, but but how did you come how did you come on that? Did you title the book first or did the book no, title um, itself? This one this one every book title came to me quickly except this one. Oh. I knew I wanted to have something about a dream and I was first thinking like shattered dream, but then to me shattered means it's it it it's, it's it could never be put back together. Right. Splintered and so when we were younger and we'd have uh, wooden bats, if they would uh splinter just like in the book, yeah, you know, we'd take those little um tack um, nails and uh, those little carpet nails and, and hammer it back together and then tape it and it made it almost like new again so that's why I thought that a splintered instead of shattered would be better and I was actually walking on the beach with uh, with Sandy and we were just talking about it and just you know coming up and just boom it hit me it's like ah that's it that's it so that's <laughs> it, it took me a long time to come up with that title so but that, that, that's how that one came about. But most of the others, I mean, it's, it's, it's come quite, quite quickly and easily. Well, and it is the perfect, it is the perfect title for that for the book because it is a splintered dream, and we don't want to give too much away about it. Um, there is something that is so American about baseball. There's something that also seems to be magical about baseball, a different kind of you know magic or or haunting magic that we have in the first book. But there is this um, wonderful love just for the sport that permeates through throughout this book. What what do you you know what do you think what do you think about the that all American you know pastime just baseball? I think that it's my favorite sport, and I started playing it when I was six years old, and played on up until I was in my early 30s. And there's something about it that's different. And I played other sports, and they are the other sports are wonderful too. But there's something about baseball that's just so basic, and it is truly a game that a father can share with his son or daughter. And there's there's a bond, there's like a, a tie, and it and it almost bridges the past with the present. And and to me, there's just you know a, a ball and a glove and a bat is basically what you're thinking. But there's so much more to it. Uh, but it still is is simplistic in in what it is. But there there is there's so much to it in how I think that it that it ties in to a team um, to with a coach with your mom and your dad in the stands and, and just the things that, that it just encompasses that uh, makes it a, a wonderful game. And because it is kind of a, a slower game to some, it, it's like you have that the cerebral part of it. So there is thinking going on, and there's just it, – it's like within every between every pitch you can – you can feel that breeze, and there's the sun, and there's the green grass, and you can smell the hot dogs up there cooking in the concession stand. There's so many things, you know, the honeysuckle behind the field uh, that just stays with me, stays with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and, I can, and I can smell it. I can smell honeysuckle, and it takes me right back to my little league baseball field. And you do. You bring us all of those details. If, you, if it's okay, I, I found a passage from this book that I would also like to read quickly. Okay. Um, and you talk exactly about the relationship between father and son. There's a particular magic that takes place when a father and son play catch on a baseball field. In that moment, they enter a world of perfect meaning. The mere act of tossing the baseball becomes an invisible but palpable bond that bridges a generation. Not only does it weave father and son together, it transports them 
to the days when our country was young at heart. It provides a snapshot of when the game embodied the spirit of a great nation. It carries them back to a time when baseball eased the pain of the Great Depression and two world wars, and it provides tangible evidence that something good comes out of playing a game for the pure love of it. And I felt that that just encapsulates what many fans also feel about baseball when mm-hmm. we go into a baseball stadium and we want that those magic moments. To minor beer and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can be I'm going to take a real quick break here, listen to some Jim Jones, and uh, we'll be back to you in about 30 seconds. Okay. Okay, good enough. They say this is the last roundup. Boss is gonna call it quits They added up the dollars On the bottom line And they said it no longer made sense What do you do when you're a cowboy? We are back. It's Thursday evening. This is a writer's block. And if you're just now joining us, man, you're missing a great show. <laughs> Chuck Walsh is a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, just a reminder that uh, Writer's Block is brought to you by Black Dog Publishing in Simi Valley, by Out West Boutique and Cultural Center. And, I, you know, I can remember that now. For some reason, for the longest time, I almost had to it's write it on my okay. eyelids. SCVOutWest.com. <laughs> <laughs> New Hall and... Um, um, Target Freight Management in yes. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And if you want to call in and talk to Chuck, as somebody from Neesford, Tennessee just did, number here is 818-602-4929. That's 818-602-4929. And we're back on the air with Chuck Walsh. You still with us, Chuck? I'm still here. Okay, then. <laughs> did you, you, wanted, you wanted to ask about... So we're going to go back a little bit to process questions again because we just love those. So yes, just we do. Kind of describe uh, like your writing, your writing day, or or how you know you're t- when you're sitting down to write. What does that look like? Okay, um, for me, um, uh, and um, I, I try to write on days that I am off, and so uh, like last week was spring break at the college, so I had uh, day after day after day where I can just get into it, and and that that's when I do. Um, my best and so it gives me uh, a chance to get back into the characters get back into the scene to really feel who they are and and what they're going through whether it's 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 joy fear anger um and so what i'll do is start and i I can sometimes go uh, 10 12 hours um and uh and you know if i get a sticking point then uh, where I, i i do my planning and my plotting is when I run, I live near a state park, and there's all these uh, trails, and I'll go running, and and I won't come out of there until I have the next scene, the next plot, the next chapter, and that just, if something ever happened to my knees and I couldn't run, I think I'd have to stop writing because <laughs> that's where so much of it, it truly the creative process that, that, yeah, so that, takes place on your feet. I, I think it, and so it, it, I work in... And like like tomorrow being a Friday, I'll I'll get up in the morning and I'll just start thinking. All right, I'm gonna be working on this on Saturday and Sunday, and so this is what I need to focus on next. This is what I need to to see. You know, what do I need to develop? What what needs to happen in this next scene? So when I start on Saturday, then then I, I know going in what I want to do, and I, and I just kind of get started. And it still takes me each time a little while to get into it, just get in the flow. And then after a while, it's like you look up and it's four hours later. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow. Let's uh, talk for a minute about dialogue because your dialogue is quite good. And um, I, I write a lot of dialogue, too, and I love writing dialogue. I, there are times when I'll stand, like, in a quiet place and just say my dialogue out loud so I get it to work correctly. How, really? do, you, do you find yourself doing that, or you just kind of, like, write it and then rewrite it and speak it and... Write it and rewrite it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever spoken it. I mean, there are certain uh, things, especially in the Tennessee-based um, books of my characters, and, and you know they have so many uh, fun sayings and, and things that that I, I want to put in into the books, like um, 
I'll be a suck egg mule, or I'm hanging on like a hair in a biscuit. Yeah, yeah, things like that. that you just can't. It's like, yeah, you know, I've got to put that in, the, and the characters need to say this at certain points. And yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll use a lot of times of uh, just uh, thinking back on remembering when my uncle said this, my aunt said this, my dad said this, and 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 you know put that into dialogue for whatever character. That I, I can't repeat I'm half of what my dad said. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I found I found there's there's such a a there's a rhythm to dialogue, and and, and because people don't speak in proper English, I, you know they they don't. As I brought this up to Bobby before. Is people when they're talking, they don't say I'm going to the store. They say I'm going to the store. So if to get that down on paper is a little difficult sometimes. Like uh, I I. Harken it. I, you know what? I'm still trying to get over this crap, so my brain is not functioning all the way. So forgive me. But I hearkened it to to a book that I just finished called The Return, and in it, a lot of the characters were Cajun. And I, I don't know if you've ever really heard Cajuns talk, but back in the 1800s, it was horrible. And to try to write the Cajun dialect was almost impossible. But I think it did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, it, dialects and in in and uh, dialogue themselves, I, I just love writing it, and apparently you do too, because you do such a great job of it. It's just wonderful, and it's smooth. It's very smooth. It flows. It feels very believable. And well, you can well, always you. tell um, somebody who writes that that doesn't like to write dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, um, I've I, we actually battled uh, my the um, editor um, who um, the publisher assigned for the, both uh, Shadows and Backwoods. Was, was saying, I just don't know about this, uh, you know, not saying the complete word. And, and I was like, but they really need to understand the, the way that so many of them talk and their mm-hmm. dialect, and it's so different. And mm-hmm. if, if you had my Aunt Anne, who's Emma in the book, on the phone right now, you'd be like, what did she just say? Yeah. And it's just, but it's a hoot, and it's just wonderful. And, and so I wanted to, to the freedom to do that. So we had to kind of, the publisher had to uh, make the call. She said, "Yeah, if, they, if you feel strongly about it, then you put it in there." And, and so I did. And so I want the the reader to really kind of uh, have an idea. Uh, obviously, it's it's just in print, and they're not hearing it, but mm-hmm. they can kind of figure out what their 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 dialect is and, and how differently mm-hmm. that they'll say certain words. They should be audio books. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, and I... a, month, a month of tomorrow's is the first one um, that came out. That that is an audio. Oh, cool! And that one that one takes place up there in Eastern Tennessee too, and that's based on my uncle as, uh, um, as well, okay. and who was a, a World War II hero, an incredible man. So if if you guys have time to to kill and want to read another book that one i think would be your next one and it's, it's a great book and we my uh agent is Jeannie. Yes. yeah Jeannie loy kind of we've had her on the show yeah right so she submitted um uh we've submitted that book to um robert redford and in hopes that he would take that on and want to make that into a movie and let he, he would make a perfect samuel gable who's based on my uncle and so hmm. anyway so that's what uh uh, you, you could uh, hear the audible on that one and hear some of the dialogue because the the girl the the guy who does the um the actual you know, the book um, the audible book uh, does a, a, quite a good job of, 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 of enunciating the words that need to be. Mm-hmm. Do you put a uh, do you put a um a, a a total on the amount of words that you write at a sitting or is it just come by whatever catches catch can? Yeah, it just comes as it does. So I know I, there's no way that I can. I can put a limit because then if, if it is, and, and then I mean, I might be forcing it, and, uh-huh. I, and I don't want to ever do that. Right. So it's like, this is all I got today, then, yeah. then I just stop. You want to talk to someone else? Sure. Okay, then. Whatever. Hi, you're on the writer's block. Who am I speaking to? Hello? Hello? Oh, call back. Are they still there? No, evidently they, they, yeah, whoever it was that called in, you're also from the 803 area code, please call back and we'll get to you. (laughs) Once again, we don't like to shut up our writers. (laughs) 803, that's my area code. Yeah, that's your area code. (laughs) Somebody else is going to hold me accountable. There you go. (laughs) But anyway, we had, the reason I asked the question was because we had a writer named Ken LaSalle here last last, uh, Thursday. And his comment was he, he writes 10,000 words a week. Ooh. And he does that in four days. He also runs in the morning. Yeah, he, he does. He runs in the morning. He together and while running. I, I think his wife kind of chases him with a bath, though. <laughs> but uh, this is, this is the, the, so. the, elusive, the elusive mega wife. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go any further. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> but uh, he does like 2,500 words a day for four days a week, and he takes three days off. Wow. I don't know how he does it because that's a lot of writing. And he's also – he's just he's just so excited. He has so many projects rolling around in his brain. He can't wait to, you know, get them out on yeah. paper. <laughs> and his book, his book too, is like wonderful. just a page burner. You yeah. just couldn't put it down. Yeah, wonderful. So – well, I, I wish um, I could do that, but it just—it, I, I don't—I have no idea. Once I begin, how many I'll, I'll end up yeah. with for that day. But I, but when I do, it's this is all I got today. And yeah. whether it's three, four hours, or it's twelve, wow. um, um, I just won't know until I just kind of run out. And it's like of of of, of something to that, that says, all right, that's all I got right now. And then I'll, I'm going to think of the next scene, the next chapter, and and plot that out. Hey, we're running out of time. I'm going to ask you the big question. Okay. Do you have, have you ever gotten writer's block? Um, not really. Um, as I was saying, I, I don't think I, I get writer's block. I, I have an idea. I have something I want to write, and and I spend the time on it. And then when I'm done, I don't think it's writer's block. I think it's like that's all my mind has has plotted and planned out. And maybe, you know, it's a simple mind. <laughs> maybe that's the way it works. But, um, no, I, I really don't get that. Um, um, I just know to write until I've, I've, I'm, I'm done with that idea. Uh-huh. Um, and then and then I stop until I know the next one's in and then I pick it back up again. Oh, good. So can you give us our listeners um, your email and your website and sure. all the ways to get a hold of you other than phone numbers we don't want or addresses? Yeah, yeah um, the website is chuckwalshwriter.com. And the email is uh, cwalsh0107 at yahoo.com. And then they can find out there. I have Chuck Walsh Writer on Facebook. They can seek that in the now. I always keep up to date with mm-hmm. book signings and things that are going on and, you know, just little bits. And sometimes I'll put, like, excerpts from the books that, that are out. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, like uh, Bobby was reading there, just kind of do that and, and give them a glimpse of, of what uh, the books are about. I do that, too. Mm-hmm. And we will hope that you will also post on the Writer's Block Facebook page, uh, you know, anything. That when you're posting something on your Facebook page, come on over and share it on our page. Oh, sure. We'd I'll love to. to do that. Yeah, yeah we'd you. really like all of our authors to feel that that's another place that they can be, you know, sharing whatever you have going on. And we'd like you to call in and let us know what you're doing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You I, know, I, I'd, be, I'd love to do that, and I, I, I really appreciate you having me on, and it's been a great time. It's obvious you guys have a, a good time doing this. Well, you know? yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we laugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we laugh I'm a lot. <laughs> we do. We're actually booked up through now October. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Jeannie has provided quite a few authors, so okay. bless her. Yeah, she's she's something. She's, she's a pretty a nice lady. Woman. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we're booked up through uh, yeah October, so. Anyway, thank you so much for being with us, Chuck. It was uh, just a pleasure speaking with you. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to steal some of your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just give me credit at the end of the book. But I will, I will say I will steal them. I'll do a good job with them. And I'll give you credit at the end of the book. There you go. That's all I have. <laughs> Thanks again for calling in. Uh, Enjoyed having, having you. Enjoyed having you. So fun. Right, thank you. Guys, you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. 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 Chuck Walsh, what a great I'm, guy! I'm very eager to read all of all of, yeah. his, all of his books. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, if, if a gal from Eastern Tennessee can read them all, I suppose we can too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really fun. That's really fun. So, you want to go through again next week? Who you have on on your uh, on your concert series? Uh, yes, next week we have Mike Beck, and tickets are available six six one two five five seven zero eight seven. Doors at the Repertory East Playhouse open at 7 o'clock with the concert at 8, uh, right there on Main Street in Old Town New Hall. Um, you can get information about that right off of our website, scvoutwest.com. Then look for the Arts and Entertainment um, space on the you know the toolbar. There's a little drop-down menu, and you'll see the writer's block. And you'll see the concert series. You'll, 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 you can click on any of those things to find out what's going on. Cool. And next week here in the writer's block, we have Sherry Monahan, who is, uh, she's uh, pretty big in the cookbook world. And she is um, the president of the WWA, which is the Western Writers Association. So that's going to be really cool. Yes. And, and next week, Russ is in the studio yep. with me because, of course, Bobby Jean will be out doing her 
Concert. Their concert series. <laughs> Which means I don't get to sit and look at Jim the entire show. I know, because he's with me. <laughs> and I can't ever get the bookie to come in, so. I know, except she's going to be here June 16th. Yes, we're all going to be here yeah, June 16th. Yeah, we're all going to be here June 16th. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun show. We tried to do that at Christmas, too, uh-huh. and Russ couldn't make it. But that was a fun show. That too. was a very fun show. That was a fun show, and 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 my family really does that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who would like to see what I write, and sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, you can go to uh, www.jimchristina.net, and it lists everything that I've got on there, and um, there's some pretty good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Jean started out calling it a bit salty, but <laughs> uh, but not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> now it's just. It's just people talking. Yeah. <laughs> and our Facebook page is, of course, our Facebook Facebook page is Writer's Block Radio Show. And go there and you can see all what's going on and who's on next week. And We're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. And we're Stitcher. on Stitcher. And, of course, you can come to the Writer's Block on uh, LA Talk Radio anytime you'd like. And you can listen to any podcast since May 21st of last year. Coming up on a year. We're coming up on a year, two months away from a year. So yeah. that's, that's kind of cool. Very exciting. And we're still here. Very exciting. Yippity-doodle. A dream that came true. Yes, it is. It <laughs> is. We, I, you know, for those of you who don't know, Bobby and I talked about this for years, and, and it was just kind of my dream, and, and I sucked her into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been really But it's, it's been fun. fun. And, and getting Russ involved has been fun. And yeah. So, you know, he's a really intelligent guy, and he's a good interviewer. And, you know, the fact that we are... Uh, have authors of all different genres. It's really good for, you know, reading and preparing for this show mm-hmm. because it does stretch my, you know, in, into genres and things that I wouldn't necessarily read. Mm-hmm. And also time management and really finding these little open spots of time right. that I didn't really think that I had that right. I that I figure out how to have. And it's wonderful to read mm-hmm. to read these works is fantastic. Well, we you get some to, really we all good need to stuff. be reading more. We need to get off of our Social media and all, and yep. and read, yep. read, 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 <laughs> and 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 I'm a purist, so I would prefer reading a hardback book, um, but I, I understand that some of you guys don't do those, and so we always accept the electronic or the PDFs because a lot of you authors send us PDFs, and that's and, really helpful. Actually. And it really is very helpful to have the PDF in advance. That helps us really be able to to get ready for the show, right? Because if you have the desktop uh, Kindle. Uh, you, it, you could download a PDF mm-hmm. to it. So I downloaded it, the, these on my iPhone. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's very little print, but you know, <laughs> it it works. Well, I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> well, you know, a smartphone. I got a stupid phone. <laughs> okay. With that being said, uh, we're going to say good night. Thanks for checking in with us. Thanks for listening, and we hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Thursday, or as Russ and I will be. Bobby Jean will be listening to music, and we all hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for coming. Thank you.